Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by the Finest Service Organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. I am Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio, and I have another intriguing guest. You know, it's almost like we have a series going on on new, awesome first responder training facilities that are popping up around the country. And we're going to talk about another one today uh, with my awesome guest, Ali Nagolian, Alex Nagolian, Alexander Nagolian, however you want to put it. But just Ali to her friend, she's allowed me to call her Ali. She has been the executive director of the Nassau County Police Department Foundation for over a decade, but she still looks like she's 19, so that's very (laughs) awesome, Um, doing doing great things for them. And I actually just found this out on LinkedIn. This is awesome. You used to be the deputy director of press advance for the Rudy Giuliani Presidential Committee. If he had become president, I was a big supporter of him. If he had become president, maybe we wouldn't be in this crap today. Alex, do we blame you for that? I wish, I know, that was a very short-lived um, presidential campaign, unfortunately, so I hope it's not my fault. But, yeah, no, it definitely um, isn't your fault, but Allie, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yep, we're going to have a lot of fun. You know, I had the honor of meeting Allie and a number of great executive directors uh, at the Public Safety Foundation Summit in Las Vegas earlier this year. So many of them, you know, have great stories to, to tell, and Ali certainly does, and you did an excellent presentation giving us a great insight into the new training facility that you built in uh, Nassau County in New York, and, you know, we just had the chance to, to visit Captain Raider at the new training facility in Vegas. I haven't had a chance to go to New York yet to see yours, but it looks great, probably even better than theirs in Las Vegas <laughs> on pictures. So, so, yeah, yeah, well, I'll hop a plane tomorrow. So tell us more <laughs> about that and the journey to get that done. Oh, it was quite a journey. Um, it was a decade of my life, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Um, but worth every moment. Um, so that was essentially why I was hired by this. The founda- our foundation was created really to build this facility. Um, obviously, as all the other foundations um, that exist, there were many other initiatives that we started and completed while we were on this journey. Um, you know, capital projects, other smaller capital projects, equipment, community programs, but all along our main focus was to get this building done. Um, the Nassau County Police Department, now the 12th, usually fluctuates between the 12th and 13th um, largest department in the country. We never had our own training facility. Um, historically, in the 98-year history of the department, um, cops were shuttled from elementary schools to trailers at a jail that were condemned for prisoner use. But we used that for our academy for a very, very long time. And it's just the morale of coming into one of the greatest departments in the country, certainly one of the most well-paid departments in the country. And then you have your cops training at a prison um, in trailers. You know, you couldn't use but do baton training because you would hit the roof. Um, So our foundation was created because at the time, Commissioner Larry Mulvey said, you know, we really need 
um, a proper traced place to train. And I know that we can't rely on um, Nassau County budget to provide us with all of the funding to do so. So, you know, we had uh, at the time they uh, got some philanthropic individuals from the community together and basically created this foundation with, with the goal of, you know, we are going to, you know, build this facility. Um, and I think at the time they thought it would be a much easier endeavor, but, you know, raising, you know, 50, 60 million dollars does not come that quickly. So it certainly took us a long period of time. And throughout that, we had, um, different you know sizes of the building it went from being almost 200,000 square feet to where we are now which is 90,000 square feet we went on a tour of the county looking at every um, empty property also buildings that we could maybe retrofit um, and we ultimately came back to the original place which was a um, empty lot on our community college campus which is central in the county we already did our emergency vehicle operations training at that site because it had an old runway where actually Charles Lindbergh took off. Yeah. So a lot of history there. It was old Mitchell Field um, and obviously the history with Nassau County and, and airplanes and, and aerospace. It was kind of neat that our um, training academy is built on that piece of land. So um, after going through this whirlwind of where should we build it? How big should it be? What can we afford? Um, back in 20... Um, 18, we finally were able to get the funding together, which was a mix of private funding on our end, which we did uh, with um, purchasing and, and implementing all of the architectural designs, all the groundwork that needed to be done, environmental reviews, safety studies. We spent millions of dollars on those items, brought it to the county and said, we have the plans ready to go to build this facility. You know, Can we move forward? And luckily the county was able to put together a little capital budget um, uh, through uh, capital bonding and through the mix of private and public funds, we were able to break ground and the building was completed. Um, we, we opened it up in uh, this summer of last year while we were still doing little bits of construction because we had to get out of the old facility, which was yeah. no that school. Um, and we are wrapping the project up as we speak. So we still aren't 100% complete. We still have um, some of the auditorium that needs to be finished, which we are working on right now, um, and then odds and ends of carpentry and, and basic, you know, touch-up work. But um, the building is fully operational. Like I said, we've been in there since June. Um, we've had two academy classes that have gone through there, and we are actually swearing in another academy class of 60 individuals on Friday in there. Nice. Nice. Well, what are you going to do with all those condemned prisons now if they're not being used? <laughs> Uh, I'm sure actually think they still are using them as a, it's a prison for something I, not training because our sheriff's department is in this new building as well. So it's been <laughs> um, well, you know, being being uh, ignorant myself, not ever having done your job and definitely never having raised millions um, without giving any names. Of course, mm -hmm. you can if you want to give anybody some kudos or some press out there. Um, but yeah, how does one go about, you know, getting, you know, $60 million? Is it mainly from, you know, large corporations that are supporting law enforcement? Is it from, you know, actors, actresses, you know, uh, you know, private investors that are, are doing things that are, are donating those types of, of millions? Where, where does that money come from and how do you reach out to these people? 
Well, to be fully, fully transparent, we didn't raise a 60 million in total. So we've mm -hmm. raised about 13 in the county through capital bonding, put in um, the money, some of the money towards the construction. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a mixed bag of funding, but we did raise 13 million. And a lot of that was through um, mostly private individuals. You know, we are a small organization. I'm the only employee. And so all the fundraising and operational came from, you know, myself and our board. Mm -hmm. So we were lucky enough that we had some philanthropic individuals in Nassau County who wanted to support this project. And through their generosity and a little bit of corporate money as well, we were able to get the funds together and we are continuously raising money right now for the building so that we can keep it up to um, meet the needs of the department as the department grows and as technology continues to evolve. So all of the naming opportunities that have been um, utilized, you know, for the fundraising of the building, that money goes back into the building. Mm -hmm. So we, the foundation will be making sure that the building, you know, continues to be a state-of-the-art facility and that no money comes from the taxpayers to operate it. Um, along with that, we're embarking on a phase two, hopefully um, any day now, <laughs> um, which is going to be a uh, community training village. So if anyone's familiar with Quantico, Hogan's Alley, mm -hmm. we are building just that behind the building um, as a phase two. So it will be a training facility, but not just for police and law enforcement. Um, it'll be a community training facility where we can bring our fire, our EMS, our hospital systems in, as well as members of the community to train about anything that could happen in this world, whether it's protest training, mm -hmm. whether active shooter training, whether it's um, school, you know, obviously anything that would happen on the school grounds, domestic violence. Um, we are gonna utilize the college campus and our students at the college to work with our police to do you know, real life training, um, being our actors, being our real life scenario. So no longer we'll be having uh, our officers sitting in classrooms talking about what happens when you approach yeah. a home or a mosque or a temple. And if you, anyone knows Nassau County, we are a very diverse county. We're small and, and uh, square footage, but we have 1.4 million people. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have our officers have to be aware of many different cultures, what to do when you go to a synagogue, what to do when you go to a mosque. And so we can actually train our officers with people in the community in real life in this village. So part of the money's raised from the building will go into this village and we have the plans ready to go. We are simply waiting on the county to put them up to bid and we are hoping to break ground on that at the end of this year. Um, so that will be really exciting and really um, kind of fulfill this complete training objective the department had uh, over a decade ago and they wanted to make sure that you know, we had the best training, you know, in the country. Now a word from one of the POCUA's proud business partners, OfficerPrivacy.com. OfficerPrivacy.com was founded by Pete James, a law enforcement professional with over 25 years of experience. Pete wanted to find a way to help law enforcement officers protect themselves and their families. So he formed a team to create a way to quickly identify and remove their information from certain sites. Officerprivacy.com is the result. This service is already offered through a select few of our POCUA organizations. As a listener of Public Safety Talk Radio, you can take advantage of a special offer from Officerprivacy.com. Go to officerprivacy.com slash POCUA, and when you sign up, you'll get two additional bonuses. In addition to removing your personal information from the top 30 people search sites, they will give you your first two months of monitoring free. 
This is a value of $39.98. In addition to that, you'll receive a cell phone privacy device, a $19.99 value. This prevents data from leaving your cell phone when you use public charging stations and is a must when traveling. So go to officerprivacy.com slash POCUA today to take advantage of this offer and to protect your privacy. Organizations who are members of the POCUA and are interested in offering the service directly to their members, contact us at POCUA at btcinc.org. Yeah, if you're the only employee, you know, who do you push around? Who do you delegate to? myself <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have conversations with yourself do you kind of you know yell sometimes, at yourself say sometimes. hey get this done <laughs> luckily, we have, luckily the department has a lot of um you know i work with members of the department who um you know help us to move this along so mm -hmm. it's a joint effort between our architects um members of the department um our academy staff to to push this project along we have a lot of actually which has been great retired members of our department who have come back to help us with this so one of the neat things about the facility um, beyond being a training facility and our intel center it's also a community center so we have a 400 seat auditorium mm -hmm. and a multi-purpose room where members of the community can come in and hold meetings and we wanted to um, really showcase the department and its history. So we took our museum, which was in, once in the basement of headquarters where many people couldn't see it. Yeah. And we put the museum in the new building. So you can walk in and see um, our old uniforms, our history of the building, our old motorcycles, we have old cars. And we've brought members of the department who are retired in to really curate the museum. So it really is full circle, everybody's hands on deck to make this facility happen. And it's been really the apple of the eye of the county, um, this place, you know, this place and, and everybody in the community's come in. We've done movie nights for kids in the community. Mm -hmm. We just had a family day two weeks ago where we opened up uh, the facility on a weekend and all the different units were able to demonstrate um, their different, you know, how they do things. We had over a thousand people, we had a barbecue, you know, ice cream trucks and, you know, really bringing everybody in the community in to learn about our police department, all the great things they do. So it's been, you know, um, just a wonderful place, not only for our members, but for the community as well. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I think, you know, that's one aspect we haven't really talked about on this show. You know, we, we've certainly touched on community policing and connecting with the community and so forth. But yeah, you have this great brand new facility, mm -hmm. you know, why not use it, you know, from a community standpoint, so that they can not only learn about the police, but use, you know, those those new facilities. When you do the movie night for families, do you show like The Exorcist or Amityville <laughs> Horror? Or... We showed Lion King first. Lion King, yeah. <laughs> and that's our, that's our, you know, logo. So that made sense, you know, lion um but that was part of the cell you know that's when we went to the county and said listen we cannot raise the entire funds to build this ourselves because a lot of people give us money but you know mm. without it being guaranteed it was always a little bit of a is this actually going to happen so we kind of went to the county and said listen you know you're spending x amount of money a year renting a facility we can own this facility it's going to be a community uh place can you know can we use some taxpayer dollars in this bond to build this facility and make it a real true public-private partnership mm -hmm. and, the, and the community be able to use it. And we've done just that. So besides movie nights, 
um, having different community events there. We have our police athletic league and various um, youth um, athletic leagues use our huge train uh, warehouse. It's really a gymnasium, but mm -hmm. it's enormous. And we have two full-size basketball courts in there and there's still room for other activities. So at night we have youth programs from all over the county there um, playing basketball, doing karate, um, baseball clinics. So um, every night there's youth community youth, and this is really located in the very center of the county. So mm -hmm. it's easy, easily accessible to all of our um, members and especially some of our disadvantaged neighborhoods, which happen to be neighboring this facility. So we are able to bring them in and they can use the gymnasium at nights um, and on weekends, pretty much around the clock. It's, it's busy in there with, with children. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we talk about community partnerships, this building is the, you know, exemplary of what that is, um, almost 24 seven. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And having lived in Chicago for 40 years, having an indoor basketball court in, yeah, in months like December, here, January, yeah, and February, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, great story, especially, you know, on the, the community end. Um, and, you know, one of the misnomers, and we discussed that at the last summit, is that you know people that are not stupid just let's say naive and ignorant and i'm naive and ignorant about a lot of things you know think these foundations uh like yourself are supplying guns and weapons and you know the fact is is that you know even as a civilian i've worked with enough police officers where they don't have any problems getting weapons mm -hmm. uh where, where they where they really need things is they need things like vests and helmets mm -hmm. and training centers you know they need they need these other resources that that are completely nonviolent um, in order to support them to do their jobs. So, you know, hearing this, it does my heart really good. And I think this needs to get out there a little bit more. You know, to that point, um, talk about how this new training facility is going to help policing in Nassau County. Maybe maybe it's just simply, you know, better morale. Hey, we've got mm -hmm. this great place. Hey, NFL, you know, you know, NFL teams have these great facilities and have, you know, full length fields to practice in, you know, like they would in a stadium, you, you know, and cops are, you know, being sent to a condemned prison. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, how is how is this gonna <laughs> how is this gonna help policing, whether it's you know from a morale standpoint or better training? And so mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that yeah absolutely i mean first of all of course morale is always is always number one but the one thing i will say you know we're lucky in our department that they don't uh, the department doesn't come to the foundation for too much um equipment that is necessary such as vests you know where we really come in is on the pieces of of um community policing that money isn't in the budget for and that's a lot of the community programs that the department runs to bring police from the together so we're lucky that we have more money to really expend on that kind of those building those relationships and then training which is very important as everybody knows now police training is, is under a lot of scrutiny um so this facility really encompasses 21st century training so it's again not just going into a classroom and learning how to be a police officer looking at a screen we've created a crawl walk run method of training here where they do classroom work. They can go into the training 
warehouse and do a walk of what it is to do a car stop in a sterile environment. And then they can go into the training village and do an actual walk into an actual town in any, anywhere USA and be in your car and have to go to a call on five Lopez drive and you reach a residential home and there is a domestic going on, or you have a call that there's a burglary in progress at the pharmacy. So you're learning how to be a police officer in a real life environment with all of the um, environmental factors out there. Um, and beyond that, the community aspect of it is that we're gonna bring community members in to train together. So you're not just there with your instructors in the police department, as well as your fellow recruits, you actually have members of the fire department show up at the scene as well as ambulance uh, medics, as well as real life uh, actors, students, or you know, people in the community playing their roles that they would, they would play. Being able to recreate um, or reenact an actual scenario that happened that we can see on a body cam, and then we can go back and train the officers real life again in those scenarios. So um, with training being so important these days, this is kind of the mecca of being able to train. Um, and we envision that, you know, not only our department will be using it, but the federal agencies that all exist in the New York City area, our partners in the NYPD and Suffolk, we can do joint training in real life um, scenarios here in the county with this facility. Because other than Hogan's Alley, which is down in Virginia, mm -hmm. there's really nothing close by. So it's, it's easier to get everybody to New York and do these kinds of things. So it's really going to bring training to a whole nother level. And I think judging by what's going on around the country with Las Vegas building something similar, and I know other departments are looking to do it, it's really kind of the next level of being able to train officers. So, you know, we kind of were on the forefront of this 10, 12 years ago when the concept was envisioned. And think about what policing was like 12 years ago, what we've gone through in the past mm -hmm. five years. Um, what we envisioned this building to be 12 years ago has kind of adjusted a little bit, but it's been even more important and poignant now than it was then. Back then we were really focused on post 9-11. You know, how can we train our officers better in counterterrorism measures? And, and, and again, COVID kind of related um, training on how to respond and act with pandemic level uh, healthcare crisis. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, the things we never thought about when we built this facility, obviously now we're kind of looking back and saying, well, if we could have done something a little different, we maybe have, would have added this or done this, but good thing we're able to kind of shuffle a little bit and, and make it work. But um, certainly training is important and this will be, you know, the place to train. Sure, sure. Yeah, that was one of the things that I was most impressed with when um, I visited twice now um, the facility in North Las Vegas. They don't have it done yet, but they have this huge area where they're mm -hmm. going to have these these stagings, my words, not theirs, of uh, storefronts and, and homes and so forth. And it just it's unfathomable to me as a civilian that you would just train somebody on pen and paper in a classroom mm -hmm. and talk about a domestic violence situation and not put them because <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's it's my understanding that that's one of the worst scenarios <laughs> that law enforcement can come upon um yeah. and to not have something in a controlled environment where they could experience that before it's real um just you know blows my mind that we would even think of doing that so yeah to have these facilities to be able to to train in a somewhat real world environment just makes perfect sense. 
um, you know, having mentioned North Las Vegas and you've seen their facility, I know you actually seen... came, they came to us and asked us for some help. Ah. So I have to take a little bit of, not credit, but we, we did, um, consult with them a little bit when they were beginning their project. And, yeah, and I was gonna, I was gonna say how, you know, toot your own <laughs> horn. How is yours better than theirs? Um, you know, they are really, it, I mean, we built really an academy and training facility on one. Mm-hmm. What they seem to be building is just the the, the kind of um, scenario-based training complex. Um, ours is really, like I said, a full academy intel center and then the training um, complex kind of all built in one. Whereas they, they, I think they do their academy training somewhere different and then they go there for the actual like real life scenario training. So I think that's one of the different aspects of what our entire um, facility incorporates um, compared to that theirs. But again, I mean, you know, they're doing something, like I said, very similar. It's mm-hmm. obviously has to be all indoors because of the elements of being in Las Vegas and the heat, whereas ours will be really an outdoor facility, but that's just obvious because of, of where they are. Um, but uh, one of the individuals who helped design it, um, we're very familiar with, and a lot of the concepts they're using are similar to the concepts that we have in our new facility in the, in the training village. Um, plus, but, plus but they're, they're probably of- not as landlocked as you are. They got tons and tons of desert land to build <laughs> yeah. on. We didn't have all the space that we, we possibly, you know, could have to build this, you know, so we did have space, con- uh, you know, spatial constraints um, on the site, but I think it's still, you know, two acres, three acres of land that we're going to be able to build. Um, and we have you know, three different types of homes, the three different types of homes you'd find on Long Island. We have a real train track elevated with a real Long Island Railroad train. Mm-hmm. You can do platform training with our MTA police. Um, we have a police station. We have a restaurant bar. Uh, we have a bank that can convert into a pharmacy. We have a house of worship. Um, so we pretty much cover all the bases of anything that in a school, a one floor school. Um, so pretty much anything that you can kind of envision having to go into, um, which the house of worship can also, um, convert to a courthouse, you know, so we're trying to make it very, um, you know, malleable to whatever we are going to have to do, but, um, you know, about three acres of land. So you can do, you know, a decent amount of, of training there and plus the roads and, and whatnot, but. Sure. Uh, that look very cool when it's completed. Yeah, the as as a civilian that supports first responders, the one thing that you mentioned and Captain Raider mentioned as well in North Las Vegas is I really can appreciate the idea of bringing multiple um, organizations, departments together to train. Um, because number, number one is Captain Raider mentioned, you know, that was one of the pluses in that horrific shooting that happened in Las Vegas is they were very good at communicating with different departments and knowing their skills, their, their pluses, their minuses, and being able to, to handle that event, to be able to train that way too, when you actually have, a uh an unfortunate event at least you know you you know these other departments you know you know what the firefighters are going to do you know what the ambulance can do, so on and so forth you know i'm speaking as a layperson but you understand you know how you're going to be able to work with these these other departments ahead of time and yeah you know, i think that 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 
makes a ton of sense. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's obviously critical for us being that we are adjacent to New York City and there are several law enforcement agencies that kind of overlap. Not only do we have, you know, the MTA police that operate within our jurisdiction, um, we have several villages that operate within Nassau County as well. Um, we train those officers, obviously uh, the NYPD and Suffolk department we share borders with. Coast Guard, we have a lot mm -hmm. of um, waterfront. We work very closely with the Coast Guard. So the, the, the relationships that we already have are great um, and the training we already do together is great, but this will kind of enhance that trifold um, yeah. to be able to have an environment where we can bring everybody in and do real life scenarios. And, and again, that kind of thing is kind of done on a smaller basis with some of our um, hospital systems, you know, but it's different to kind of set up a scenario in a mm -hmm. big building than to actually recreate it in a real life environment. Um, and I think obviously it brings everything to a whole other level. Yeah, yeah, especially with those Coast Guard guys. I need to get one of those those people on the show because they're badass. They're doing everything, <laughs> helicopters, water, hurricanes, Divers, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah forget, we do a forget. lot of Coast Guard. They, they come with a lot of uh, really cool resources and yeah. for projects, so we like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about the feedback that you're hearing from your law enforcement, from visitors, from the community, you know, about this facility. You know, is is it all good? Or somebody say, hey, you know, could you could you maybe change this? You know, we we need like five more urinals. You know, whatever yeah, the hell yeah. it is. You know, you know, what's the feedback you're getting? You never make everybody happy. That's what I. <laughs> You know, there's always somebody who doesn't like the view of their office or there's too many windows, there's not enough windows. But you know what, that just comes with the territory. And I did ask um, uh, the gentleman from, from Las Vegas when I was there, I said, what are your complaints? You know, air conditioning and, and the same complaints that we have, you know, automatic lights that, you know, are now the standard of, of new buildings, you know, right. because the lights go on and off depending on, you know. But listen, you know, ultimately I tell them and, and they understand they're in the nicest building, the police department, ha nicest building in the county and probably mm. will be the nicest building in the county for a very long time. So everybody is very thrilled to be there. And the community um, response I get is just tremendous. People are like, oh my God, I didn't know this existed or I didn't know this was being built or I can't believe how incredible it is. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, really um, the, the design of it was really spectacular and our architects did a fantastic job of just really making it a showpiece um, of the police department. And it sits along one of the major um, roadways in the county. So people see it as they pass and it's just tremendous. So you've gotten an incredible amount of positive feedback. And once the auditorium is done within the next couple of weeks and we can do more with the community um, in that space, um, it will be the only auditorium that the county owns itself. So it will be utilized, I think, 24 seven, um, just because, um, and it will have, it has a, a pull down um, mechanical wall separating it into two separate 200 and change auditorium spaces. So you can do two different trainings in there at one time or mm -hmm. two different classroom spaces. So it's, it was a very expensive space in itself for that reason, but well worth it in the sense that, you know, now the county has this, this facility to be able to use and community members have this facility they can use. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome story. I'm going to have to get out there to, to visit yeah. it. Well, uh, 
how, you know, as we wrap up here, how are you going to top that? You know, build a bigger <laughs> training facility? You know, are you just going to ride <laughs> off into the sunset and do another job? How do you top this? Well, right now we're actually rebuilding our tiny town, mm. which is a training facility for kids. So we are um, just finishing that project. So much smaller scale, obviously, mm. in size and cost about a $100,000 project. Um, Nassau County had this um, safety town that was built in 1970 with um, you know, little houses and a little post office and kids mm-hmm. who are in third grade from all over the county come and they are taught traffic safety, um, how to properly cross a crosswalk, how to stop at a train track, which Nassau County has a lot of those. Um, um, you know, how to cross the street, wa- where to go, watch the light. So this was like every children, child in Aspect County's favorite um, you know, field trip growing up because it was so cool. You get to drive a little automatic car, a little bumper car around. Um, but again, it was built in 1970. It had completely fallen apart. And part of our you know, fundraising and training is we said, listen, we really need to bring this up to the 21st century as well. So they completely renovated and refurbished that site. And we were gonna be opening it up in, um, I think June 13th, we're gonna be opening it up. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, now refurbished another training facility and this one is for youth and again, the youth police engagement. Um, so that's really neat. And uh, like I said, a much smaller scale training facility, but still training facility. So <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I was, I was born just before 1970 and I'm half broken down. So I can only imagine what safety town looks like from 1970. <laughs> Some of those little buildings, and it was it was not good. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, thank you so much for the time. You, great story. Love what you're doing out there, Allie. Um, for any department that that might want to utilize or train at this training facility with with your police department, uh, maybe rent out the facility for you know proper uh, reasons. You know, no bachelor parties or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, possibly you know some you know firefighter training or something yeah. in the auditorium if they wanted to to utilize that and 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 rent it or anything like that. How best can they can they do that? Either contact contact you or contact the facility. Yep, absolutely. Reach out to me. Um, We're happy to give tours and and meet with any departments and talk about, you know, training. Um, I can be reached um, at uh, Alexandra, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A at ncpdfoundation.org or uh, 516-220-3428 is my cell. Um, Feel free to reach out to me. And uh, again, like other departments around the country, a lot of um, fellow foundation members have reached out to me about, you know, training facilities and, mm-hmm. and our plans. We're happy to share, and I'm happy to share all of our pitfalls and our um, glory of this building and and how we did it and and what you should do or plans, et cetera. So feel free to reach out for that. Yeah, thank you. And since it's a 24-7 facility, feel free to call Allie 24-7 since she gave I up the cell phone. I do answer 24-7. <laughs> Allie, (laughs) thank you for the time. And more important, thank you for the great work that you're doing out there. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And thank you to all of you who have either watched or listened to this episode of Public Safety Talk Radio. And we'll be back with you next week with another great guest. Public Safety Talk Radio was produced by the POC Way. 
POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today. Thank you.